Welcome to the Issues of Life podcast with Dr. David Shamenda. Hello, greetings. Uh, this is uh, David Shamenda with the Issues of Life uh, with Dr. Shamenda, and I'm continuing part three, the spirit of offense. Now, I want us to continue where we started. We are responsible to rebuke the brother when he has a fault. But let's do it godly so that we don't bring, we don't create the spirit of offense. You know, the Bible tells us very clearly, if your brother sins, rebuke him. Here, your brother would mean fell Christians, though it may refer either to the brother whose sinful conduct is causing another to stumble, or the little brother or sister who have stumbled back in sin. I'm much more concerned with voicing my opinion and telling people my thoughts than understanding what others think or their perspective. That's exactly what uh, the spirit of offense does. The spirit of offense wants us to voice our opinion no matter what you think, everybody is wrong. Now, Jesus here places the burden of responsibility on the person forgiving rather than the person who is repenting. Now, it just reminds me something here, very, very important. When I look at uh, Peter in the Bible, you see a lot of things. Most of the Christians these days that are moving with the spirit of offense would have never dealt with Peter. When you look at Peter, Peter is bold, Peter is broken, Peter is bitter, but Peter at the end is better. So the people that were around Peter, they looked at him to say, there is something. Jesus actually, when he looked at Peter, he knew, you know, like what they say. Peter, he was a sanguine. He was a person always when there's something going on. He wants, you know, to look like he is the best, but uh, he had some kind of difficulties. Then the other thing that we see with Peter, you know, we find out that he's even a slanderer. On the other side, we find Peter, he's a sleeper. Jesus, he's there. There's something that is going on. And Jesus realizes, how can I help this man? And Jesus goes on and he tells Peter, he says, man, there's no way how I can help you other than try to bring peace to you. So Peter, he becomes a slanderer. But only Peter is, yes, a sleeper. We see Peter as a soldier. You know, when someone came to try to arrest Peter, Jesus, what does he do? He tells him, he says, look here, man. I'm going to cut his ears. And Jesus rebukes Peter. He says, anyone who uses a sword shall die with this sword. So now we begin to see Peter, not only a soldier, but he's a slacker. But also Peter, when Jesus is being crucified, Peter, he becomes a spectator. But also not only that, we begin to see Peter as a sober man. He's sobered out now at the death. That's why it's important for us to understand how we can help people when they are going through these things. 
It is an ex excruciating way for anyone to live with it and painful for those around you when you're suffering from the spirit of offense. Now, <clears throat> the fruit of our lives it should always produce righteousness. Now, if the fruit of our lives should produce righteousness, we should be people always who say, I'm not going to walk in the spirit of offense. I'm not going to walk in the spirit of bitterness. I'm not going to walk in the spirit of resentment. I'm not walk, going to walk in the spirit of worry. I'm not going to walk in the spirit of fear, control, anxiety. I'm not going to walk in the spirit of def depression, and the frustration, loneliness, lack of emotional intimacy with others, or broken relationship. What are you going to say? You're going to say, I'm going to walk in the righteousness of God. I'm going to live faithfully so that I'm not the one that is always trying to find a blame on others. You know, God can heal you. In the the fifth uh, series on the spirit of offense, I'll be speaking how to receive deliverance, but it will be the fifth one that I'll be teaching on how you can receive the deliverance and how I have seen people being delivered from the spirit of offense. Now, one of the things that you should ask yourself you know, uh, is to find out how miserable am I? What is causing me to be so miserable with this spirit of offense? I'm not happy around people. Why am I living and allowing this spirit of offense to take over my life? Allow God to show you the blind spots and help you point, other, point you others towards a better life. God's word says pride is one of the most deadly sin. And I found out that the spirit of offense uses a lot of pride. The spirit of offense will completely bring a person to the point whereby you lose the joy of who God is and you start doing things that are not right because in the whole world you think... Uh, you know, you're not offended, but you're right, and nobody's able to listen to you. That's what offense is. Pride was the scene of Satan. He wanted to exalt himself to be equal with God and wanted others to worship and defy him instead of God. Now, ask yourself questions like, do I freak out if people even talk about the, anything that seem, you know, to be contradicting you know, to my beliefs, to my opinion, to what I, I think. If your answer is yes to some of these things, then consider that you may have a significant issue with the spirit of offense. Now, I want us to look at how Jesus was destroying in his teaching, was destroying the spirit of offense. You know, Jesus says, to whom was it? to whom was at the sermon on the mount when he was addressing the disciple, to the disciples of Jesus who gathered there to hear him, perhaps primarily to the 12 apostles just selected. He started looking at them and started helping them. The first thing that he spoke to them was what name is given to this level. He called it the Beatitudes. That beatitude means to be blessed. That means he, Jesus, he was preparing them. He was preparing them where they were going, that they were going to find a lot of things that will vex them. 
Then Jesus began to say, you know, those who are poor in the spirit, humbled mind, not self-seeking, not overconfident. And he says, blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, when you look at it, you ask yourself, what is humility? Humility is patience under provocation. After the example of Christ, who, when he was reviled, reviled again, he didn't take it as an offense. That means when people offend you, you must stay under the Spirit of God. People that offend you, remember Jesus was called Beelzebub. That means he was the chief of demons, principalities. But he stayed humble. He knew he was God. Can a demon cast itself out of other demons? Jesus casted out demons, the region demons. When Jesus, uh, Lazarus was dead, the Bible says he wept. When Jesus at the wedding, he prepared the food and everything that was necessary at that point for the people to eat. So when you look at Jesus, everything that he was doing was so profitable. Now, here's something that I want you to understand. What is to hunger and thirst after God? For me, to hunger and thirst after God is to long earnestly and seek and strive to obtain the righteousness of God. That's what to hunger after God. To earnestly go after God, to submit and surrender yourself and say, God, it doesn't matter what it means. I'm just going to dialogue with you. I'm going to seek your mind. I'm going to make it my business that I have the mind of Christ, the same mind that is in Jesus Christ. I want it to invade my life so that he can help me into the things that I desire to be. That's to hunger after Christ, to be confident. I'm hungering for this Jesus Christ. And when you find yourself, you are hungering after Christ, there's something that comes in you. The spirit of offense will not be prevalent to you. You find yourself, you are very merciful. Now, why are you so merciful? You allow the grace of God. You know, the Bible shows us those who are kind to the poor, the hungry, and the afflicted one, they shall see God. That means in your heart, you begin to work with the longing to say, I see what my brother is wrong. People who are offended, they'll be there as long as we live upon the face of the earth. But are you a child of God? Are you born again? Are you going to allow long-suffering? You know, the Bible tells us, let them the same mind that was in Christ Jesus be the mind in us. Allow those who live according to the law, they walk according to the law. Those who live in the spirit, they walk according to the spirit. Those who live in the flesh, they walk according to the flesh. So which one are you going to be? That means as you begin to seek the things of the spirit, the Bible tells us that it is better to be pure in heart and purely. It means I'm looking for holiness without, without which no man shall see God. 
without a purity in our heart, no man shall see God. Now, what is holding you? What is holding you is because you're not living in the purity of God. And when you're not living in, in the purity of God, you are judgmental. You're looking at everybody to be wrong. You're looking at everybody to be difficult. You are looking at everybody not to be smart, but try to be a peacemaker and you'll find the spirit of offense will not be in you. Why are the peacemakers so distinguished? Because of the difficult in making and keeping peace. And as Christ is the Prince of Peace, if possible, as much as life in you, live peacefully with all men. That means you get to the point whereby you say, God, oh, what I need is just to be peaceful. I know my neighbor offended me. My neighbor, he cut a tree that fell beside my own, and I'm so offended, some branches, but give them room help them. You know, I don't like that old lady always who drives and he honks the horn at my home. That's an attitude of fault finding. Now, how does our Lord prepare his disciples, us wise disciples for the future? You know, this I love. If you read in Matthew chapter 5, verse 11, the Bible tells us, he has promised us blessings to all who endure persecution for his sake. That means uh, to the end, you know, there's going to be major blessings. I'm going to be blessed beyond measure. You're going to be blessed beyond measure. That spirit of offense that wanted to rob my blessings, that spirit of offense that wanted to keep me into the bondage of suffering is defeated, is gone. Now, God is blessing us to the end. I'm beyond measure blessed. What great you know, perception is this? And when you look at it, what is Jesus teaching us? Or what is Jesus teaching his followers? His followers, as you're a child of God, you're not going to learn to live with the issues of offense. His followers must imitate Jesus. Then men will begin to see the importance of who you are as a child of God. As we begin to praise God, magnify the name that is above all other names. You know, here's a lesson. The lesson is to learn to forgive. Amen. Is to learn to forgive whereby you look at the things that are going on and say, I'm going to forgive. I am going to let Jesus Christ be my leader. I'm going to let Jesus Christ be my director. He will direct me in all the ways. What great lessons of mutual forgiveness does Jesus teach us? We should come to God, God's way, with worship and serves in peace and reconciliation with our fellow men. When we look at the people, reconcile. Don't hold on to what they did. Hold on to what God is trying to do. Ask God to help you. Seek the face of God. Seek the kingdom of God. The spirit of offense is just there to destroy you. What's ruling 
you sometimes when you have the spirit of offenses trifling with evil. And trifling with evil causes you to be always be drawn backwards instead of moving forward. So we should make an, our sacrifices to be free from sin and say, I'm not going to be trifling with all these things that the enemy wants me to be. I'm going to be looking at what God wants me to be. You know, <laughs> then as you begin, you find you are larger than what other people they think. You know, largeness in the kingdom of God is not what you have, is how humble you are, is how you give yourself to God. You know, you come to the point where you see how kind, you know, you are to the people who are unthankful and those who are evil, and they pour your dead blessings upon the wicked and the good. You know, you when you begin to move out of that spirit of offense, you come to the point where you say, well, Lord, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. You know, I'm going to reward those who have tried to offend me. And I'm going to show them what a God is. The hypocrite's reward is the present and the freeing one of honor from men, while the true Christian reward is eternal one of acceptance with the Father and the glory in the heavens. So you come to the level where it says, I'm not going to fret around with the honor of men, I'm not going to fret around, fret around with evil, you know, fretting around, or mess around with the things that is of the enemy. I'm just going to let a God have his own way. Now, here's an encouragement for our imperfect petitions. When we are useless, we don't know. Always allow God. The Heavenly Father, who knows what we need before we ask Him. Oh, glory to God. I love that part. You know, you ask God to say, God, you know me. You understand me. You know where I come from. You know my weakness. You know the things that I do. And I need you to help me, to deliver me, to cover me from all my imperfections. And let Him prepare you with the words of righteousness, show that you have one Father, one Son, and one Holy Spirit. We have God and the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, and allow Him treat everything that you see as holy. Treat those who have offended you in pure way. Allow them to walk in holiness. And you see how God is going to cause you know, his blessings to be upon you, perfect. Uh, you'll be blessed like the angels in heaven because God sees your heart of reverencing him, of honoring him, of adoring him, of just worshiping him to say, I'm not going to allow these things that are evil, that, has, that are trying to pull me down. Now, as you begin to walk in that, you find that you all know man, know dead. What does word dead means? Here in prayer, in each case, the things that are odd. We owe people our love. We don't owe them 
the spirit of offense, whereby I'm not going to greet them when I, I'm going to make them know that I am who I am. Now, the only one whom I know is the I am who I am is God. Everyone else is of the enemy. <laughs> you know, if you are not walking in righteousness, you know, because a person offended you, don't get to the level where you say, I'm not going to greet them. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to show them the love of Jesus Christ. Because offense, that's what it, it says. Like I said in part two, I said, God is saying, if a brother comes to you, Seven times he has sinned against you, and seven times a day within that day is coming to you. Forgive them. Keep on forgiving them. So you find that as you forgive these people, greater things will begin to happen to you. You find you will not be anxious in everything that you do. You find there will be no worry. The Bible tells us do not worry about Tomorrow, do not worry about what will happen today. There are people, they go to bed, they're thinking about a person who offended them. They wake up, they think about the person who offended them. If that person is dead, they still think about the year that he offended them or she offended them. They can't let them go. And they are held bound. They are in captivity. They cannot enjoy life. And yet that person died. Maybe that person repented. And if that person didn't repent, you still hold him, you know, <clears throat> in your heart. That means you are holding the demonic forces of darkness and everything that they have done to you. You are holding to those things. So we end up condemning ourselves because of lacking of forgiveness. And as we lack forgiveness, we enter a point whereby we don't know how I can be delivered. delivered. Now, in the, uh, the uh, the issues of life, the fourth podcast that we're doing, I'll be speaking about how jealous causes this spirit. I, I try to bring you to understand, you know, on the walls like Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 7, even 5. We should not condemn those around us since knowing nothing of their innermost hearts, we may prove most sinful ourselves. So don't prove yourself to be more sinful. So, this is David Shemenda again, looking forward to continue this series on the issues of life with Dr. David Shemenda on the spirit of offense. Thank you for listening to the Issues of Life podcast with Dr. David Shamenda. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and subscribe to the podcast to be notified when new episodes are released. 